This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Lamar Richardson, and we cover a little bit of everything from performing to producing to his journey of joining Death of a Salesman on Broadway and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Lamar Richardson. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe. And today with me on Zoom is Lamar Richardson. Lamar, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a... This is going to be a very fun conversation. We have so much to talk about from performing to producing and beyond. Before I get yes. to any of that, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for you. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? <laughs> Funny enough, there were none. So growing up, oh. I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. Yeah, so I wanted to be a lawyer as a kid. You know, I used to watch soaps with my, my grandmother when she used to babysit me. And I used to always love Jackson Montgomery and all my children. And I wanted to be a DA. And then I went down this rabbit hole of, you know, wanting to be a lawyer. It was really a major part of the first half of my life. <laughs> and what was the shift? Why? Why the change? When So I always performed in church plays. I was always doing plays and, you know, spoken word, poetry, et cetera. It was always more of like a hobby or a pastime. It wasn't until... I got to Columbia during my undergraduate career that I really leaned into my artistic sensibilities and, you know, being in New York and just realizing that this is the city where dreams can happen. This is where everything is. I decided, you know, I'm not really interested in, in the, the tried and true path. I want to, you know, express myself artistically. And I just dived into and made a complete pivot. <laughs> And what was that mental journey for you? Was there a defining moment when you were, you know, by yourself or with others that you had this discovery of a, almost like a, I don't know, an open mind shift? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So during my sophomore summer, I did an internship at MetLife and I worked in group sales on a team. And it was so funny. One of my colleagues at the time said, Ah, oh, you have so much personality. What are you doing working in insurance? <laughs> and I was like, what do you, you know, by that? But she just thought that I had so much to give in, in that regard. What was I doing there? And that planted the initial seed for me to really say, huh, maybe this is something to consider. You know, I was already doing plays on campus, already involved with the Black Theater Ensemble and things of that nature. So at that point, I made a pivot. pivot. That was the summer of 2013. And then I started going down the rabbit hole of, you know, doing background work, short films, student films, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Since we're since we're talking about this, let's connect. Let's continue to connect the dots real quick into um, producing, because it wasn't it wasn't both at the same time, was it? No, no. Producing came within the past year. Right. So what was that mental journey for you? So after a decade of pursuing an acting career. And, you know, a lot of it is auditioning and waiting, auditioning and waiting. Yes. I realized that I had more to give to the industry aside from, from my performing capabilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, along the way, people always said, you should look into producing. You, I feel like you have the skill set, you have the demeanor, the personality, et cetera. And I, I always said, no, I am an actor and that's all I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. But it became a matter of necessity where... I just had a come to Jesus moment right before the right after the pandemic. And I realized that, wow, my entire world can stop 
And I can literally be on the line for a job if I'm only going to work as an actor. Right. And I decided, hey, I'm going to get producing a try. So I went down the rabbit hole of applying for the Front Row Fellowship through Stephen Burden and Leah Jones Harvey to get that nuts and bolts education of what it means to be a producer, because I think that it's a very formidable career and I want to give it its due justice. And then I decided to start co-producing as well to get the practical experience hand in hand. And has it to to date, has it all felt incredibly correct for you? Have you been, is this like a journey of listening to life signs kind of thing? Yeah, surprisingly, yes. I mean, it's really interesting. It hasn't all really hit me just yet. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, even now, you know, I have all these people blowing up my phone saying, congratulations, Tony nominee. And it's just, <laughs> you know, life is just something. Life is something, you know, when you get out of your own way, things can happen and it makes sense. It makes sense. Big picture wise, given all of my, my history, my education, everything like that, this makes sense. When you get out of your own way, things happen. I love that. I love that quote. I um, wonder what your parents growing up taught you about work ethic. Oh, so my parents are immigrants. So they moved to the U.S., in 1988 and my sister was born in the islands my entire family is from antigua and barbuda and the virgin islands so i was the first to be born in the states so i'm first generation as it comes first generation to go to college first generation to be an artist all these kinds of things i'm literally forging the path forward for, for my for my family and from a young age you know i always saw how hard my parents worked you know, and, and and how much they sacrificed to provide for myself and my sister. And it instilled in me from a very early age that America is a land of the opportunity. Hmm. You know, it's my responsibility and my duty to them to do as well as I can, you know, in terms of my education, in terms of taking advantage of opportunities that come my way, programs, resources, et cetera. And Every step of the way, with every pivot in my career, they've always supported. They've always been so overwhelmingly behind me. So I'm just so grateful and appreciative for it. Similar question with kindness. What your parents taught you about kindness? My, you know, my my <laughs> my mother especially always told me, you know, people will never remember anything else aside from how you made them feel and how you treated them. Yeah. And, you know, she always would say the sky's the limit, you know, and, and always seeing how people responded to her and her personality. You know, my dad has a big personality as well, but like my mom was really just, people always gravitated towards that positivity, that kindness, that warmth. And it really instilled in me that same sense of, you know, giving my humanity and having empathy for others and just mm-hmm. being, you know, that beam in someone's in someone's storm, you know, and a, a rainbow in someone's cloud. Yeah. And I've always just taken that along my way. And even when I started my acting career, I used to say I'm an actor on a faith journey to spread light and laughter in the industry. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And now you're a producer <laughs> journey, <laughs> and an actor. I love this. Um, do you have any mentors, any mentors with any standout pieces of advice? Yeah, so so there's 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 several. So I have an in, an, an industry big sister. Uh, her name is Andy Chapman, and she's a wonderful actress, prolific director. And we met years ago at the Public Theater, mm-hmm. and we developed such a great bond over the years. And she's always just been super 
positive and, and speaking life into my career. You know, she hmm. was helpful in my transition to becoming a producer. She always had that that tidbit of knowledge for me. She always thought that it'd be a good path. You know, my wife was the biggest person pushing me to get into producing yeah. for the longest, although I was resistant. But Andy was always there as well to be, you know, a sounding board as well. And just really someone throughout my career to just provide guidance, provide uh, encouragement as an actor to, to, you know, offer to help read, things like that. And, you know, she's always been so, so, so supportive, which has been which has meant a lot to me. Uh, Felicia Rashad huh, started my career and along the way has always, you know, just told me to keep going. She's she's checked in on me. She one time I had an audition for um I think it was Henry the Fourth or the Fifth. And, you know, I had two long monologues to do. And she came, she was in New York working on something. She met me on on, on my lunch break to help me break down the pieces and work on I iambic pentameter and all those things. And you know, she invited me to Thanksgiving at her house. Like things like that, just along the way. It meant so much being a, a young artist, you know, looking up to these people, coming along and just really making a, a name for myself. It's just been so important and I would not be where I am had I not been for it. How would please connect these dots on Felicia Rashad starting your career for you? What, yes. <laughs> what's so, the story? I was working with Susan Batson, who's a prolific acting coach. I was her assistant for a couple of years after college and then we were doing a, a, re a reading of a screenplay at the studio and Felicia Rashad was starring in it and I was supposed to be the lead of that reading it was basically like a halfway house of troubled teens and she was a, a Harvard dean of students who was sending one of her students to volunteer at the at the house um so I was supposed to be the lead but I ended up being a really small supporting role and it was literally by her seeing what she needed to see in me through that role that I then was able to get Sylvester and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom that she directed at the Mark Taper Forum in 2016. The dots, they all connect and it can be a very straight line. <laughs> but it comes down to relationships in this industry. What are your... And you have to be willing to say yes yeah. and, and, and listen. You know, funny story about that particular moment. She had asked me to send in my headshot and resume to the theater. And, you know, after the reading, I, I was thinking, oh, she's so nice. You, you know, she's being generous, but she's, there's no way I'm going to get this job. So I did not send in my headshot and resume. That was in November. And then I saw her again when she was doing Head of Passes at the Public and in, in March or April. And she said, Lamar, did you send in your stuff? And I said, no. <laughs> she said, Lamar, send in your stuff to the theater. And lo and behold, long story short, two months later, I got the offer. I love that. I love that. How have you... Okay, so this is... Um, I guess it's a two-part question because I want to talk a little bit about relationships in the industry. But it's also for you, it appears to be very much about putting yourself out there. 100%. How, is there any views or thoughts you have on that? I, I, I'm a late bloomer in terms of all of this. Um <laughs> In the beginning, I was resistant to the whole, it's all about who you know and who they know and all of that. I, I, I truly always was a believer of, you know, you work hard, your talent will show up for itself, yada, yada, yada. But over the years, it has revealed itself to me that this industry is 
about relationships. Yeah. You can be the most talented person ever, but you can't exist on an island by yourself. And if no one ever, if no one knows of what you have to offer, you'll just stay there chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. But you have to put yourself out there. Hmm. For an actor, that that means, you know, going to open calls, sending in your headshot and resume, you know, having monologues ready to go, having scenes ready to go. If someone meets you on the spot and says, okay, you're, you're an actor, give me something, hmm. you know, and not being shy about it. Yeah. For the longest, I had this this thing about not wanting to be seen as an opportunist. And it was important to me to have people not see me that way. But I had to change my thinking as time went along and, and say, hey, you're not being an opportunist. You're literally just seizing the moment and yeah. seizing what is in front of you to make the most of it. Yes. Yeah. Do you have... Yes. And But the thing is, the, it's like a muscle because the more you use it... <laughs> the easier it gets. And you learn the difference between, because we categorize a lot of asking with that, you know, with negativity, with, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm using, I'm taking, I'm, but you start to realize the more you do it, the, there is a difference, a very big difference between being like a fountain and a drain of energy and resource. <laughs> so I love that. Do you, have yeah. a, do you have a project, particular project that has taught you the most about yourself? Or role. I would say my Rooney's Black Bottom. I mean, yeah. no pun intended. I was catapulted into that position. You know, I was 23 years old and I was the, the rookie on that stage. You know, I was alongside Lilius White, Glenn Turman, Keith David, Jason Durden, um, um, Damon Gupton and Nigel Okoro, amongst others, all of those people were veterans of the stage, the regional stage, the Broadway stage, Juilliard train, Yale, you know, like all the things. Right. And at that moment, you know, I remember the first couple of days of rehearsal was like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? You know, I, I was from New York. I wasn't from LA. So right. it was kind of like, who is this kid? How'd he get here? What, what does he have? What, what does he got? You right, know? right, right, right. And I remember in that first table read, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. Um, and my my part wasn't until the midsection of the play. And, you know, I remember gearing myself up, gearing myself up for my big entrance with Ma and all of it. And I just had to go for it, you know, and stick <laughs> the landing. And I remember by the end, they were all like, oh, okay. Okay, you're not playing around, okay. And it, it, it really taught me about owning space. Right. Owning yeah. space, believing that you are worthy, that you belong and just just knowing that any room that you find yourself in, you belong there. Yeah. And someone saw something in you to bring you into that through that door. So it's up to you to show up and mm -hmm. to arrive and to be present. And that experience I've carried with me throughout my entire career because. It's the same thing as I, as I moved into producing. You know, I, I was a new producer coming into Death of a Salesman, then New York, New York, and all these shows. And, you know, you're alongside veteran lead producers, veteran co-producers, people who have done this for decades, who have the hardware, et cetera. Hmm. And just knowing that, hey, everybody had to start somewhere. Yeah. And, and this is you now starting here, and, and, and you'll get in, and you'll make a name for yourself eventually. So just... Take up space, take up space, ask questions, say hello, meet people, and don't be afraid.
You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. <laughs>